Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, and not joining us for a very long time now, is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He's now on a little bit of a break, isn't he, guys? Hopping up his tan. He is indeed, yes. However, Football with young Premier League stars on beaches across the world. And Dominic King. And Dominic Dominic King, indeed, yes. yes. Nosy Safari Park will be past that as well. There's nothing wrong with Nosy Safari Park. Couldn't say there was. Although it's not as good as Chester Zoo. It's better. It's cheaper for a start. So, it's not because it's Chester's Let's have that right now. Let's, yeah. let's just make sure we get that out of the way. It's, it's a better safari park. You can take your car out to the safari park. You can, yeah. But you Sneaky. might not bring it out. Yeah. True. Exactly. And you can take your car out, Chester's You'll just probably end up in jail afterwards. Yeah, just have to go, then. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, going back to football, as you can probably tell, the season's finished. Uh, joining me today are Neil Jones. Hello. Joe Rimmer. Hello. And Christian Walsh. I do. Now, Neil, since we last recorded a podcast, Liverpool have, in fact, played a game. They played in Australia in front of 70-odd thousand fans. Uh, they won. What did you make of it? Good fun, wasn't it? Good fun. It was, um, I think, I would have fancied Echo FC against Sydney FC, in, in, all, in all honesty, that first half in particular. It was, uh, it was one of those um, moments of realisation, I think, for teams from the A-League where they... You know, you think, oh, let's see, let's see how far we've come and let's see what we can do. And <laughs> they haven't really, they couldn't really do much. Could the Liverpool, Liverpool, obviously, uh, could even afford to, to play a few, uh, few legends in the game. And it, I, I think they, they didn't look out of place. Such was the, uh, the tempo of the game. But it's nice, nice to see Daniel Sturridge looking sharp just as the season comes to an end. And, and obviously Alberto Moreno as well getting a chance to, uh, to, well, what we think will be a farewell goal for him. And, you know, I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll take that memory with him, and I'm sure that's what he'll be rem- remembered for by all the supporters. It's going to say, Joe, that Daniel Sturridge. He since emerged that he's injured. Yeah, well, <laughs> surprise. It's a big shock. Uh, well, big big season for him next season if he's still at Liverpool, isn't it? Um, yeah, as Neil says, finding form at the end of the season. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've got a hunch he'll stay in the summer, um, but. You got, you got stay, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just think I can't seem can't seem to think there's too many clubs that will want to take a gamble on him with his fitness record. Um, West Ham, possibly the only one that Sydney. seems to come to mind. <laughs> Sydney FC might have seen enough. Uh, it says a lot about the the standard of Australian football that Liverpool arsing around with a. 68-year-old Steve McManaman and the team <laughs> <laughs> wipe the floor. Although, to be fair, I, I read apparently the Sydney players had also been on the ale for about two weeks after yeah, they, they won the league, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, the people who were doing the TV coverage it was a bit of a, a, a jokey occasion all around, wasn't it? But, you know, Liverpool, I think Liverpool, only, they, they literally landed their jet on the centre circle, didn't they, and got out and done the warm-up. I think they, they uh, were in Australia for just a few hours before the game. But, that's what they do when you go chasing money across the globe, isn't it? You uh, you end up in these mad situations. On storage, I I could see like a Newcastle going for him. Yeah. I think Newcastle will want a a statement signing this summer. Um, they've certainly got the money for it now. Well, now they're back in the Premier League, and I could just see you know they love the number nines up there, don't they? Do you think Rafa loves the number nine? Probably turn him into a winger. He sold, he sold mm-hmm. him, didn't he, to Liverpool, Rafa from Chelsea? Or he was, or he, was he was nominally in charge of Chelsea when they sold him. Liverpool. Nobody's in charge. Of no, yeah, you know, well, you know, well, one man is. 
Because as things are, uh, are going at the moment, they will start the season with Dwight Gale, who will score eight goals, seven of them against Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's, he's, that's he's, never, he's never hurt your feelings. No, 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 no. <laughs> you say so, One person who was taking it seriously out there was James Pierce because he ended up staying out there for about 13 weeks, I think. He did manage to uh, do some work during the time. And he, he managed to have a, a sit down or a stand up or whatever they were doing with uh, Simon Mignolet, in which he, he spoke quite well, didn't he? Because I mean, yeah. Simon Mignolet is, is somebody who stops an awful lot after games and quite often doesn't really say very much. But recently, he's been saying a bit more, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he. Um, I think I think having we, we all joke about it in the office. It's a bit of a thing about Mignolet and, and well, not just Mignolet, but people who stop a lot. Lallana's another one who gets a lot of you know. Oh, he's always doing interviews, isn't he? And you sort of you do get accustomed to hearing the same things, but I thought it was interesting to to see some different stuff from Minula, you know. And I suppose that probably sums up just about where he's at in terms of his Liverpool career. A lot more comfortable, perhaps a lot more confident, a lot more uh, forceful, if you like, in, in terms of getting his opinion across and, and his personality across. And yeah, it was good. It, it, it's good good to hear someone who seems to be aware of of the scale of the challenge that they've got and aware of of both both ends of the argument really that it can it can go wrong as quickly as it goes right. Joe, he also did a separate piece with the Belgian newspaper, I think it was. I think it came out yesterday, in which he was talking about why he moved out of Liverpool and moved to a town twenty miles away because he was getting pestered or mobbed in the street. I think he he said. I, I suspect it's a, a negative mobbing. Given yeah, I was uh, going to say I don't I don't think um, anyone's pestering Simon Mignolet for too many autographs. Um, I think. Probably getting a bit of stick when times got hard, but. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what was pestering and wasn't mobbing, but. It's almost like he invited him. you, wasn't it? Chasing yeah. him around. Yeah. Yeah. He's, moved, he's moved against him. <laughs> 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 he's still got that restraining order. <laughs> 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 Any more humble brags today? Yeah. 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 Yeah, his interviews have been like his performances. I'm a bit more aggressive, a bit more interesting. You will speak to me. Throat. He was quite, <laughs> he was quite um, forceful, wasn't he, in terms of his his career and how he, you know, he's he's not going to give up his spot yeah. without a fight, and and it's it's shown through his performances. You know, I, I think with Mignolet, I honestly think he's he's solved the need for Liverpool to go and buy a goalkeeper this summer. I don't think they need to buy a goalkeeper because he's improved so much and and. Don't want to see Liverpool go and spend too much because there's not that many good goalkeepers out there, really. No, I mean City going to spend what forty million on yeah, theirs, reportedly. I mean that that would be a Welsh record. Well, It'd well, finally well. break the Buffon, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, Buffon record. With Mignolet, I think you know he's a, he's a gent, isn't he? He's very polite, um, and I think that's his, his way of sort of sticking two fingers up to all the critics that he's had for a, for a long time this season. I think if if Mignolet had signed last summer, there'd be absolutely no question that Liverpool wouldn't be... Well, it'd be ridiculous to suggest that they need a goalkeeper because since he's come back on the team in um, in December against Middlesbrough, one or two mistakes at most, and even then you're, sort of, you're thinking of the Louise free kick. Hull. It, it happens. Yeah, Hull was, Hull was, was, bad. Hull was yeah. bad, but at the same time, where was the defence to yeah, bail him out yeah, as well? So, yeah. But the Hull's... Hull mistake is the only one which really sticks out. He's, he obviously he talked in that interview about um, making those big saves, especially the Berahino one at Stoke, at like remarkable save. Um, 
And he was as important as anyone, I think, in Liverpool getting Champions League in that final one for the season. Well, you say that. Um, we, as in all of us who do the player ratings, agree with that sentiment because uh, if you look at all the ratings that we gave, basically every single game we give Liverpool players ratings out of 10. Uh, and averaging them out, Sadio Mane was the best player of the season. With, I think the average was 7.1. But Mignolet was second, along with Jordan Henderson. I mean, Neil, were you surprised by that? No. No, I wasn't because uh, because I think... Without, I don't want to take this is taken away from Mignolet, but I think a goalie generally will get a six with that without doing anything only mm. in terms of he doesn't have to do anything to get a six. If he, if he makes a mistake, then he go lower. But if he just has an average game, he'll get he'll get a six. Whereas I think if you've got a striker who does nothing in a game, you'll get a five only. You know, it'll it'll be sort of or he you, doesn't get a chance. Saying that you infamously gave Mignolet no score in no one score. game. That was that last was... year. That was yeah last yes. year. That, yeah, that was. That was a one-off, that was a, and and there was. Um, Are you still invited around to his house? Are you still? <laughs> well, no, I think he was delighted with it. To be honest, um, we, we had a good good chat about that. But I think Mignolet genuinely has been probably in Liverpool's top three most consistent players this season. I, I would argue, you know, taking away obviously they're different people, given different ratings, but I would say that he's he's certainly got a case to be in the argument. Mane Mane probably is out on his own as the the winner, and then you're looking at Lallana. Was, was Mane the most consistent player though? Because he did a, he he did a spell for about six or seven weeks where he wasn't away, as good he as what he was. Before he went away to, to Gabon for the, uh, the AFCON, I think he was a bit. He looked like he was getting a bit leggy. But um, I, 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 don't, I don't think you can argue. I think it's interesting Henderson's in the top three because a lot of people seem to have forgotten. Him, including somebody who may or may not have done an, uh, a combined Liverpool and Everton team over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> sort of forgotten uh, Liverpool had central midfielders. I did, this I, did, I did not forget them. I just felt as though there were one or two Everton ones that perhaps merited inclusion for their performances over the course of the political season. Choices. Yeah, they're, they're not political choices. You couldn't pick an 11 Liverpool players, yeah, could you? Yeah. No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> as, you well know, as you well know. That's very naughty, Christian. Stop that. Um, now, speaking of Christian. Now I've brought in the little sound machine and it's because I can do this, which is the first of our regular features on Christian Walsh and the European Champions League pots. So, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us what is going on there? I wish you got the song with this before we started <laughs> the podcast. Uh, that, that has definitely been sprung on. Yeah. <laughs> What is happening in, in general? The Liverpool are seeded, we know that. Um, they will definitely be seeded uh, along with Sevilla and Napoli. Um, it, could have been, it could have been Roma, but they salvaged themselves into second place with a last-minute winner yesterday against Genoa. Um, and then there's Ajax and Kiev, who were in the third qualifying round, the round before Liverpool. They will also be seeded if they go through. Um, so we basically know now nine of the ten teams Liverpool could potentially play. Um, if you're going to ask me to name them off the top of my head, you're sorely mistaken. Um, <laughs> Victoria check, Pilsen, Pilsen, yes, yes, yes. You can Pilsen. check the Liverpool Echo website for the latest. You can, but there are, there are some absolutely stinkers in there. And teams that almost certainly will be uh, unseeded, you're looking at Nice and Hoffenheim. Um, nice have got to qualify first in terms of from the third round, but they're also unseeded in that draw. So they're, they're the stinkers of, of you know, no seeder side will want Nice because they were brilliant in France this season. Nice, Hoffenheim, and even Sport and Lisbon look very likely to be unseated. Nice August trip to Nice, though. Yeah. In August, yeah. And also, yeah. Nice are the sort of team that they, they're the victims of their own success, aren't they? And so, 
the players who've done well this season will probably get pilfered by. I've got a little feeling about Hoffenheim there as well because obviously they're already losing Rudy and um, yeah, Sulay, Sulay, um, Denbrai maybe as well. So, will you, you've got a question whether they'll be the the sort of teams, the same team that qualified in the first yeah. place? But you know, there are some easier ones out there. But I don't think there's any gimmies. I mean, obviously Liverpool will be delighted they've got young boys burn, but there's the plastic pitch to contend with. Yeah. Istanbul. Get John Joe Shelby back for that one. Exactly. Yeah. He's got Andre wisdom. Goals. Andre yeah. um, there's also, you know, Istanbul, I'm not going to, Istanbul BB is, is what they're known <laughs> as. But they've got to buy all fronts. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, I don't think there's any easy ties um, other than Stalbu for rest. You sound like you sound like a manager there speaking like that, doesn't he? Yeah. No, he does. Think about that. Think about that. Eleven minutes. Every single, every single one of those teams that you've mentioned are any of them better than Liverpool? Definitely not. No. And, and every single one of those teams will be looking. Even when, if even if the seeds are as we expect, everyone will want Ajax or Kiev ahead of Liverpool. Definitely. Maybe even Napoli. Um, Liverpool are in the top three teams in, in that in that pot. It was good on Sunday, wasn't it, that Roma finished second because they wouldn't wouldn't have been seeded. No, they right? would have been seeded. I, yeah. I checked; they would have actually been seeded. Oh, so it wouldn't have made a difference okay. to Liverpool. Okay, but at the time, it's yeah. just how it always changes. And the last one we're waiting for is Pauk Salonika or Panathinaikos or AK Athens. Yeah. So, so that's they, they'll definitely I mean, be. Unseated. I think you prefer you prefer to go somewhere like France and play yeah, yeah. rather than have to go off to, to, to Istanbul or something like that because best one in the world let's say first of all I think Nice will be like victims of their own success a young side like Nice coming to try and play a bit of football with Liverpool will play in their hands it's not a long trip you know going to a hostile place like Istanbul um, that'll be the first time ever know, they've been in the Champions yeah, League you know, yeah. I, I don't know I just don't think it bodes as well as, as playing someone like Club Rouge would be nice, wouldn't they? You know, they're a possibility. In back that. to some of the, the games Liverpool have had as well, they've, they've generally, barring one, and even that wasn't that bad, they've had decent draws in these playoff rounds, haven't they? Well, Stanley Liege was, was, they, they was, was, was a tough one. They played Maccabee Haikam. That was tough. They didn't play away, did they? No, that was tough in the sense we had to go to Kiev and cover them there. Graz, of course. FC Hacker, the very first one. It's changed now, though, hasn't it? That's why, because basically they were the champions of Bulgaria or Finland. Who did Arsenal play last year? Was it Dynamo Bucharest? They didn't play anyone. It was Man City against Stalin. That's it, yeah, that's it. Arsenal had the one in the past, haven't they? Fenerbahce, I think they've played. They've played Zagreb, or was that in the groups? I think it was in the group, wasn't it? We got beat. Newcastle got knocked out like penalties. Yeah, that was at St James's Park. Yeah. We got beat yeah. penalties. Well, Celtic managed to negotiate their way through about four of them last year, didn't they? Even they got beat the first time. Yeah. They got beat yeah. against Lincoln. So, but, but they're in the Champions pot, which ultimately would be Liverpool were in the Champions pot. I don't think there'd be any question after you get through it. These are basically the best of the rest, and yeah. that's well, where the, it becomes. I mean, the fact is, Liverpool finished fourth in in England, so they can't really complain I mean, too no, much. No, no, no. But it used to be. What we said, I mean, what we said on the last before the last game of the season is if you can't beat Middlesbrough then you don't deserve to win the Champions League and I think mm. if you can't beat any of the teams that Christian's mentioned there really over, you two, know, legs. over two legs you know including yeah. you know revamped at Anfield with a field good factor then you can't argue with it and enjoy your Thursday nights I think what you've got to remember as well is that over the course of the summer you know I think we we're all sort of remembering the Liverpool of August and May August sorry April and May where they did stumble over the line Manny will be back Henderson will hopefully be back. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't, but you know, he's, he'll hit the ground running when he's back. There'll be new signings there as well. We know Klopp wants to get them settled early. So, 
it should be, it really should be a, not a foregone conclusion, but it's, it's heavily wasting Liverpool's favour. Now, there's another reason for Liverpool want to get through to the group stage of the Champions League, and that's because they would then have Steven Gerrard back in back in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> yes, yeah, not a bit clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, you won't believe. <laughs> you know, yeah, he'll be in charge of the uh, the under 19 team that'll take over the. But we're assuming that he'll be in charge of the under 19s. Yeah, he's in charge of the under 18s. There is no under 19s team as such at Liverpool. He's an under 18s coach. I'm sure it'll be him, a combination of him and Neil Critchley. Who'll, who'll take take charge of that? Um, but obviously, only only qualify if if Liverpool qualify to it, and then it's the same format. I think it, is it it's the same groups. It's it will the be exactly the same. Yeah, 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 they yeah. played in like the afternoon of the game. Last time they, 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 they played Real Madrid and the Ludogorets and, and Barcelona. Yeah, I think you yeah, 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 you went. And, oh, you went. They turned the lights off. Out. <laughs> 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 the final whistle went. They just went boom. All the lights went out. James and I sat there like great. And they just. That, so was in, that was in like deepest darkest yeah, severe, that wasn't it? Was it? You, you saw them in Madrid, didn't you? I didn't go. I, w- I was too busy um, trying to get Colin Lane's camera back. That's our, our head of head of uh, photography lost his, uh, his baggage in Madrid, was that? No, no, he didn't lose his baggage. He got it stolen, didn't he? Well, yeah. Humans, eh? Yeah. Humans. <laughs> humans. Yeah, but, but, no, that'd be, that'd be great for Steven Gerrard's coach. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that will have forged part of his thinking as well. You know, when he's, he's deciding on his next move and, and all that, I think that would be... A great, great eye opener for him if he can coach, albeit in, not in the main competition, but in a in a European competition. Youth, you know, against some good players, we've seen, you know, a few players come out of that. I can remember a few years back in a, in a different competition than the next gen, but we saw um, some of the IX team that played. Oh, thank you. The Europa League final class. The class was the captain, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, they 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 played Victor Fisher. I thought he was going to be well. But yeah, it's a good competition. Liverpool should have a good side as well, and that you know you think of, I think next season the likes of Bobben and Alexander Arnold would even be eligible for that. So yeah. that that would be a, potentially Liverpool could have a very good side in that that UEFA Youth League. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because I think it, although it mirrors the groups, obviously it does it then branches off. So yeah. Liverpool could you know get into the last. I, I don't think they, did they qualify. No, they, they got knocked out by Benfica, yeah. was it in yeah, the end? It, yeah, yeah. Um, in the last sixteen, but if they could progress here, you know the idea of playing a. A Real Madrid again, or a, you know, a Barcelona. You know, it, it really is enticing. Well, they beat Real Madrid three two, didn't they? Yeah, famous. At home, Harry Wilson. Famous, oh, yes, three three two at Saint Helens. Yeah, but uh, you know, Red Bull Salzburg are the, the holders now. Chelsea have won it in the past, haven't they? And we've seen how successful Chelsea have been with their their <laughs> youth team. In, te- in terms, I'm of, say, in terms of, of terms of bringing their youth players yeah. through, no, not well, play. But that's the test, isn't it? Now, I mean. The playoff finals going on as we speak here with Huddersfield. They've got a couple of Chelsea loanees in there, and as I said, I think in it by government statistics estimate by 2022, <laughs> you'll never be more than 50 yards from a Chelsea loanee. So that will be um, fun to see if that continues. Wow. Um, we'll move on then to the thing that everybody is talking about now with the season being over. That's transfers. Now there's already been one or two whispers and rumours. One that was knocking around yesterday was about Ryan Sessegnon saying that he could be going to Tottenham. I mean, Christian, what would you make of that? Do you feel as though, oh, look? I don't, I don't really see why Tottenham need another left-back, to be honest. They've got Danny Rose, they've got Ben Davis. I mean, obviously... He, I suppose you just he, answered your question there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Um, I suppose Ryan Sessegnon is one of those players, though, where every club will want to get him just to yeah. just stockpile a, a plus, player. Plus, like you've that. got to bear in mind, he is only, what, 16? And he's from London. And he probably doesn't fancy moving 
verify you. This is the things that people forget with these youngsters. It's, it's, it's the stuff that, you know, when, when you were 16, did you want to go to, like, London or Cambridge or anywhere like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember which one he went to. It's Cambridge. It's Cambridge. It's Cambridge. Genuinely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really don't know. Stop looking at me. Tell us, where did you go to? I went to Oxford. Oh, big man. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it's taking a funny yeah. turn. It has, yes. <laughs> Going back to uh, Ryan Sessegnon, though, Neil, do you think... Do you know, the obvious thing is that people, if this happens, if he does go to Tottenham, then lots of fans will go, oh, look at that, once again, we've been too slow trying to get this player, this, that and the other, and it's Tottenham, we were one of the rivals... You know, taking this player that we want, and we've been saying that Liverpool are in for it, so on and so forth. It, it just doesn't. It's not quite as straightforward as Liverpool are interested. Then they're going to sign. There are a lot of all these other factors out there. Yeah, well, yeah, as well. I mean, Fulham. They obviously have to wait to see whether Fulham got into the uh, into the Premier League. They, they were obviously being in the playoffs. There was um, Liverpool unsure whether they were going to be in the Champions League until sort of pretty much the last kick of the game, or you know, the last half hour of the season. But I think there will be frustration, and I think Liverpool have, have everyone knows what Sessegnon is. I don't think there's any doubt about his talent, and there's no doubt that he's going to go to a Premier League club, one of the, the top six clubs. But Liverpool have, uh, have done a lot of groundwork on it, and, and, and felt that they had a chance of uh, of getting him. It would be it would be disappointing to miss out on him. Albeit, it's also a bit unfair to. To get into the Ryan Sessegnon's going to save the world. Well, this is the thing because he's you know, hardly played a game, isn't he? Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't even make provisions that he'll even be a first team at Liverpool next season. You know, he's got talent and he's got ability, but I don't think you could say straight away that Ryan Sessegnon goes into Liverpool's team. Not, not a chance. He's, he goes into the squad as an option. Maybe plays under 23s football. So if he goes to Spurs or if he goes to Liverpool, I think the situation is the same. I think as well with someone like Ryan Sessegnon. A big factor might be Fulham might want him back on loan, yeah. and if Liverpool aren't willing to do that deal, that that could force the deal to collapse, couldn't it? Because if Tottenham say, "All right, well, we've got two left backs, you can come and sign for us, you can have another two years of Fulham and develop," Fulham like, be happy. Like Ali. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And and I think with Liverpool, whether he's enticed by them saying to him, "You will compete with James Milner next season," if they they rate him that highly, he might be enticed, or he might want to stay at home. As you say, he's a sixteen-year-old lad, he might want to stay at home for a couple more years. Christian, do you feel as though with these youngsters as well, it's better for them to actually be playing no matter where they are? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a bit of a weird case, isn't it? Because he is he is so young. I mean, he's not like he's an eighteen; he's sixteen years of age. And he's Does played, he just turned seventeen. He might have just just turned seventeen. I think so. Yeah, um, and he's playing regularly for for Fulham. It's not even like he's milling around in the youth sides and mm-hmm. oh, you know, this lad's going to be good in in the future. Like he's he's playing now for for Fulham in a Championship team that nearly got promoted via the playoffs. So, you'll always be tempted to say, you know, he maybe he does need to move, but to a, to a mid-table side in, in the Premier League, and and then make his next big move. You know, you think like a Southampton or a Swansea or something like that. I just don't, I just don't know what it would be like for his development for the next two or three years if he sat sort of on Liverpool or, to, or even Tottenham's bench. That being said, I, you know, I, I can certainly see a situation with Liverpool to sign a player like Ryan Sessegnon. I'd back them to make 20 league appearances, uh, sorry, 20 appearances in all competitions next I season. I think if they do sign anyone for left back, they are going to be playing that many, though, yeah, aren't they? I don't think you'll have any qualms whatsoever about playing 17 year old Ryan Sessignon at home to Swansea the three days after they've just played 
Benfica away. Yeah. You know, I don't think he'll have any qualms about that. I don't think he'll have any qualms about starting them away in the in the, in the league cup against Exeter. You know, I, I think if he is coming here, I think what Klopp can sell it to him as is you're not going to be coming here to, to play a trade in Kirby. You're going to be here to, to be part of the first team squad. Neil, are we in any way concerned at the fact that while Liverpool went off to Australia and did their duties, you know, post-season and all that kind of stuff, that Manchester City have not been wasting any time and they've not only announced their release list and got rid of some players already, they've already signed Bernardo Silva for €45 million Euros or whatever it was and they're, they're close to signing a goalkeeper? Yeah. Well, bear in mind that City only finished things two points ahead of Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you've got to, you've got to remember as well that I think City... Are in a different financial league to Liverpool in terms of what they're operating. They're also operating in a different league in terms of I think agent relationships and things like that. You know, they 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 seem to seem to have stronger um, football administrators than, than Liverpool. Certainly have a, a stronger football administrative system set up. So I think people think that the season's ended and they've all, all of a sudden gone right. Let's see what we can get. Can we find a goalkeeper? Yep, yeah, we'll have him. I think that's been in the pipeline for well, gonna prob- st- probably why they signed Bravo last summer. Is because that's why they signed. People said, "Oh, why have you signed a thirty-three-year-old goalkeeper?" It's probably because they've set up Aderson for this summer as 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 the man to come in and be the, the long-term number one. And they've decided to to, to find somewhere for Joe Hart and, and get a stopgap in, albeit a, a rubbish one. <laughs> <laughs> but same with Sylvie. You know, they. I'm I'm pretty sure City. I've been planning all along that that Jesus Navas's contract isn't going to get get um, renewed. renewed. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. You know, I'm pretty sure that's been in the pipeline for a while. It is concerning when when rivals are strengthened. You know, and you you see in the links with Griezmann for United. You see an Arsenal being linked with players, albeit not players. very good ones. Well, yeah, <laughs> and also albeit players being linked away from Arsenal yeah. as well. Chelsea, Chelsea seem to be you know. Chelsea seems to be linked with a lot of the players leaving, which is very odd. Yeah, well, I think Chelsea are one of them that there's always a big turnover of players at Chelsea, isn't there? There always seems to be a lot. And I I do think that you could make a case that Chelsea would find it hard to repeat their success with the same team next season because I think they had an element of surprise for a lot of the season and then it sort of did plateau a little bit towards the end of the season. But yeah, you want Liverpool to be strengthened, but. I'm 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 loath to get into the panicking before the end of is, May is about transfers. Is Manchester City? What, sorry, is Manchester City what they've done? Is that an example of what Jurgen Klopp was saying in the press conference after the Middlesbrough game, where he said we've nearly done all of the work on our transfers? Because clearly City have nearly done all of their work on these particular transfers, and have just waited for the relative respective seasons to end, and then they know they're in the Champions League, and then the players are going, okay, we'll come. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. I, mean, I know Andy Kelly is very firmly of the belief that he he thinks Liverpool have. Pretty much done done all the all the possible groundwork on a couple of signings, and it was now a case of, right, this is what we can offer you. Are you up for it? And that's that's the big, <laughs> the final hurdle. But it's a, it's quite a big one, isn't it? Because I mean that's how it works, isn't it? In terms of, it's you know it's not it's not football manager where you click a button and they accept and and that and that's and that's that. There, there is there will have been discussions with let's just take a player off you know let's say Kayser. There will have been discussions with Kayser, his agent, the club all that sort of stuff but when it comes down to it and actually saying okay this is the situation now do you want to sign for Liverpool maybe it's, maybe players get cold feet maybe they've heard of interest elsewhere you know it's not there's been a lot of yeah. players missed out not just by Liverpool by plenty of plenty of clubs Life goes back to the Goethe thing from last year doesn't it where yeah, he kind yeah. of more or less said that he'd come if Liverpool got into the Champions League and then he didn't so he didn't yeah. 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 Well, I think that 
I think with City, they were more established. I know that they weren't exactly guaranteed Champions League football to, until the end of the season this year. They're a more established side, aren't they? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if, say, the silver deal had been done a couple of months ago and he'd agreed verbally to sign for them. Because Liverpool aren't quite there yet, are they? So players will be waiting to see where Liverpool end up. Will they end up in the Champions League? Now that they have, now Liverpool can go back and say, do you fancy it? But they can't move as quick as someone like City because A, they've got far better finances and B, they're a far more established side. Bearing in mind the amount of rumours that we, we deal with, there wasn't really Joe much. To- yeah, there wasn't really much talk of Silver going to Manchester City, was there? No, so no. do you think that's very good on Manchester City and Monaco's part in keeping it quiet? Yeah, it was very old-fashioned, wasn't it? It was yeah. like uh, it was spotted at the airport. It was. It was. It wasn't really reported until then, was it? Quite nice. I think a lot of people would would uh, would like to see more of that. Um, not well, least that was gonna, well, that was going <laughs> to be, be my next question: Is that do you feel as though? We've talked about Cater and we'll go on about Van Dijk in a bit. We've spoken about Sessegnon and I'm sure we'll mention Brandt as well. All these players that have been mentioned for six, seven, eight months, some of them for the best part of a year. Do you feel as though Liverpool do have it in them to just to get one or two big names that are just going to come from nowhere? Or do you think that might not be like possible? Firmino, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, Wijnaldum was you know, a little bit sort of... I don't think he was linked no. with Liverpool yeah. last season. Was he particularly... You know, different level, obviously, but Clavan, so, sort of... There wasn't, there wasn't a, a long... A long Drawn out interest in him, I think. I think with some clubs, some agents, and some players, I think the benefit is is in keeping it quiet, isn't it? Because you don't, if you if you know about how much you can get Bernardo Silva for, or you know how much you can get Cater for, then the the danger is that everyone else knows, and then they they can all you know remember Liverpool with Mohamed Salah, they, they, they tracked him for a while, and then it emerged that you can get him for twelve million. Euros or twelve million pounds, and Chelsea said, "Oh, that's a nice deal. We'll have him." And Liverpool missed out, so that's that's the danger. But yeah, I I do think it was good, and I would love to see more transfer deals done completely unexpectedly, and then people stop reading about transfer rumour mills. <laughs> that would be my hope for the no, summer. We need them to keep reading. We need <laughs> well, them we, to keep mm, reading. Get on that tail tattle train. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, Joe, we mentioned then uh, Virgil van Dijk. It's all gone a little bit quiet, although it was, I think it was last week he was spotted working, you know, because obviously he's been injured for, yeah, since, yeah. I think it's February or January or February. February. January. January. January, sorry, yeah. He uh, was out training, he was playing with the ball, so it looks like he's going to be OK for the start of the season, wherever he ends up. But you still got a feeling that it could be Liverpool or are you slightly more concerned that it could be elsewhere? And is he worth the £50 million asking price? It's funny you should mention his injury because... You're going to pay, pay £50 million for a player. You have to be certain that that injury, which was a serious injury, is OK and that he's, he's, he's made, made a full recovery. Um, so the club obviously rates him very, very highly if they're willing to pay that amount of money for a player who's coming back from injury. As to where he ends up, I don't know. In, in terms of if Chelsea show real interest, you know, he's, he's based now on the south coast. Chelsea are champions. They've, they've probably got more money. I would think it would be very difficult for Liverpool to compete with them, but perhaps perhaps he fancies Liverpool, perhaps Jurgen Klopp can, can convince him. That's what we all hope now, don't we? Liverpool have got a manager capable of convincing a player. You talk about Salah, when when Salah was rumoured to be going to Liverpool at the time, with the best one in the world, Brendan Rodgers was boss, and with all due respect to him, he doesn't have the quite, quite the same policy Jurgen Klopp, does he? And that's where you've got to hope the Klopp factor sways these players. Do you feel, picking up on what Joe said then, do you feel, Christine, as though the Klopp factor is going to make a big 
difference, or is it going to be down to the money? Because the Champions League thing sorted now, that's done. That they're all, you know, the playoff thing. Plus, the other thing about this is that the players that are signing, if Liverpool don't get into the Champions League, it will be their fault because they will obviously <laughs> be playing in this playoff. So they're taking it on themselves here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that makes any difference. The fact they're in the playoffs or not. No, no, I don't. I, don't, I think it's a contribution of a combination of three things. I think I spoke to Neil Bellady for this final call in the season on Friday, and he said that the three things are Champions League, Liverpool Football Club as a name, and Jurgen Klopp, and he said, and you've got all three of them. So I, I think the Klopp factor does exist. I don't, I don't know if it's as, you know, when he signed in 2015, when he joined the club, everyone was going, oh, they're going to get this, that, and the other. You know, it's, 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 you it's, were. It's, well, I was, yeah, of course I was. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you look at, I think it's going to be more beneficial in terms of the players he goes for and the, and the contacts he has and just the general knowledge of the game that he has. I think players will want to play for him definitely more so than, than other managers. But what you've got to remember here as well, though, is that, yes, OK, Virgil van Dijk, he's going, OK, oh, yeah, it'd be great to play the Jürgen Klopp. could also play for Antonio Conte and Pep Guardiola. You know, yeah. it's 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 going to be a, a mixture of the three. You know, the, the the financial package as well. So, Klopp will. You know, if take like the Mane deal. You know, if it, I, I think he signed for Klopp um, because anyone else. You know, there's no other big teams in for him. Um, but you play like Van Dijk or, or that sort of player. I, I just think it's going to come down to. What, what suits the player best? He won't. He won't dismiss Liverpool because of Klopp. He'll, he'll be interested, but there's going to be other factors in there. Money, basically, isn't it? And that, that's where, that's where the elephant in the room really is. Is is what Liverpool are willing to throw at it, isn't it? You, no, you can't. You can't trade solely off off Jurgen Klopp. You can get you can get Klopp to a certain certain level. You can maybe convince a player to to say, you know what. I see you fitting in in this this position. And I see you playing this many games and and being this type of player for us. But at the end of the day, if a rival and a good rival is gonna gonna offer them double the money, you know, a third more money, whatever, then they're gonna go there because players don't have loyalty to Liverpool. You know, regardless of what we like to believe, people like to say, you know, oh, he loves it here, he loves it on Merseyside and what have you. They do as long as as long as it's all going well and they can't get anything elsewhere, and. The same with players coming from abroad. They, they might they might respect the name of Liverpool. They might respect Jurgen Klopp, but they're about themselves, players in the career, and, and so they should be, because it's a short career and they're, they're out there to, to to do what they can for themselves. But if Liverpool are willing to to back those three things that Christian mentioned with the fourth element, which is money, then they can get they can get a fair good chunk of uh, top quality players. It's interesting, isn't it though? Because everyone's going, how much money will Liverpool spend this summer? Was going to be 100 million, 150. But nobody really considers wages as part of that. Yeah. Um, you know, Liverpool, their highest earners are on what, 150? Yeah. Um, so, what happens then if Virgil van Dijk comes for £200,000 a week, for example, or Abby Keita or whoever? Philip Casino knows he's only just signed a new deal, but he'll be like, oh, hold on a minute. Yeah. What, what, but does there not come a point where you get so much money? The difference between one hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred thousand isn't that much if you think you're it's going to be playing much. more. It's not that much. It's not that much. But then, but then you've got to. But then five other players have got to also go onto the two hundred thousand pound wage bracket. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying the other way. Is that I think Liverpool wouldn't offer the two hundred grand. They'd stick with the one fifty. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But then, then say let's let's take Van Dijk for an example. 
let's say Liverpool offer him 150 because they're top earners on 150 and Chelsea come along and say is that all they value at we'll offer you 250 yeah. then he might say it's not about the money it's about how you value me and if you value me enough you'll offer me the money but then it's then you have to make the decision if you're FSG or whoever it is that's the owner of these clubs is is this player worth that, me absolutely blowing apart it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a computer game it's a pack the wage structure Arsenal, they Arsenal for years had this wage structure that they wouldn't mm. they wouldn't break would they? they wouldn't they wouldn't go put themselves in hock really for, for, for any player and then they got to the stage where they were at the glass ceiling and they couldn't get through and he thought well we've got to, we've got to do it so he got Ozil as a statement sign and then he got Sanchez you know I don't think he's same level, but they spent a lot on Jagger and they spent a lot on Mustafi last last summer as well. And I think you can only do it for so long. You can only you can only keep it keep the structure in place for so long before you have to accept that you need players to take you up a level, and players who can take you up a level cost a little bit more than the players yeah. you've got. So I think I think if you were to sign players, I think someone like Van Dijk, I think people you would sort. It would cause a bit of an issue if he came in on massive wages because you'd say he's a centre half and Southampton. I was going to say, is that you know, because he's not, you're, you're not signing Fabio Cannavaro in his prime. You're signing Virgil van Dijk. He might be a very good player. Same with Keita. You'd say he's a 22 year old. He's played you know, a couple of scenes at RB Leipzig. If you were signing Karim Benzema or Griezmann or Aubameyang, then you'd say, okay, well, they're, they're going to be our biggest earners because they're our biggest players. But I think, I think you could still, you'd, Liverpool would still be looking to get Keita's and Van Dijk's and the. You know, if you've got Brandt or someone like that, they'd be looking at that within the within the current structure. But I think if they're going to go and buy even better players, I think they're going to have to break that. Christian, you wrote something uh, in Blood Red this week about Liverpool's or simply the fans' marquee infatuation, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't to do with the large tent, as you pointed out. Thank you. Uh, but Liverpool are the team that's fourth in the Premier League. Who's fourth in Italy? Atalanta. Atalanta. Who's fourth in Spain? Sevilla, is it? Or Sevilla. Sevilla. Were either of those ever going to get linked to the likes of, you know, the, the players that some Liverpool fans like Aubameyang or Griezmann or, 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 or like that? No, probably not. But, but Liverpool have never signed. I, I mean, you know, not to, not to reveal, you know, peek behind the curtain here, but the reason Liverpool are linked with half of these players is for web hits nowadays. You know, we we watch them all. I mean, I'm not talking about us here. I'm talking about yeah. We're legit. But but you know, you see these you see these articles which say you know Pierre Emerick Liverpool link Pierre Emerick yeah. Aubameyang. Who's linked? Yeah. When's he ever? Yeah, of course Liverpool would be interested in signing them. So would so would the Bramley Moore. So would the Dog and Duck. So would Juventus, so would Real Madrid. Like they're a, it's a bit like Mbappe, isn't it? You know, Liverpool. Yeah, of course you want Mbappe, but who doesn't? And it's just like, I just feel like these names that do get bandied about, a fair portion of fans always have lapped them all up and go, oh, you know, Aubameyang, Griezmann. I don't think Liverpool have ever realistically got a sign them, are they? Who's the biggest biggest sign Liverpool's ever made is Mario Balotelli. When you think about it, in terms of name value and stature, the biggest name that they've ever signed is Mario Balotelli. Would you not say Suarez? No, Torres was a young lad at Atletico. Suarez was Suarez in the, from the in Dutch the League. Yeah. He played in the World Cup, but he was from the Dutch yeah. League. You know, it was... Probably, I suppose name, value. I'd say Torres was, was sort of... Look, he was, have he to was say... well known, wasn't he? He was, Spain, he was Spain's main man mm. as well as... as yeah, as I think well Torres was sought after, yeah, wasn't he, yeah. when he came to Liverpool? Well, you, yeah. If you go back 
a long way back. Kenny Dalglish would have to be one of the names because mm. he was a big name then. John Barnes. John Barnes being another one. Mm. You know, he had that spell. You know, at the time, Stan Collymore, people yeah. like that. Yeah, Paul Lynch. British record. Uh, mm. there's, there's, there's more benefits to signing big names. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that we should go out and just try and target anyone who's a big name, but at the same time, in, in a cynical way, Man United do it. They sell shirts, don't they? And they they increase your club's profile. They increase your club's. Finances, and I think sometimes you're not going to afford to do the it as well. Can't the, simple things is, the reason they're big names is because they're really good players. More often than not, you know, Mario Balotelli is a really good player, but I, I don't think he falls into that category of, of being a you know a, a proven star like in, in world football. But that's why they're big names because because they're, they're good, they're very good. And but Sanchez you know, would have been the one, wouldn't he? And he chose. He, he would have been. Yeah. yeah, he definitely would have been the one. Can you imagine? Um, if they sign someone like Aubameyang, the amount of kids that go out and buy kits yeah. with Aubameyang, mm. you know what I'm saying? But, and if they, if they charge for letter... Just a second to say, Get his face to second, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, can you imagine it? it you know, Liverpool would sell a lot of shirts. And, and I, I think there is an argument if you're in those, in those markets, it doesn't half increase the profile of your club. Interesting. Real Madrid do a lot of that, don't they? You yeah. know, you think well, and when I there, mentioned about United, they can afford it in the sense that they can afford to get it wrong. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Liverpool can afford to get it wrong. Not, not now. Not, not, not at the moment. Because I think as well, because Liverpool have got a bit of a, um, uh, a hero complex, haven't they? I think Liverpool still search for that that one player, don't they, to 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 elevate them from from here to there. Whereas I think clubs like United, Chelsea, City, they they have they go for players. And maybe maybe they go more towards managers to do that for them. Whereas I think Liverpool really have this thing of if we just get a number nine, if we just get a real top midfielder who can replace Gerrard. It's, it's, the, it's the last piece of the jigsaw. It's the last piece. Well, yeah, yeah, it has been twenty seven years. But I think Liverpool have still got that. Whereas, and it's a it's a reflection of where they're at in the league, isn't it? I.e., more often than not outside of the top four, but thankfully now in it, and hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, in it to stay. We'll finish on one final point where we've been asking fans to do a, uh, give their opinion on was it the transfers, what they expect mm. to happen over the next few months. And one of the questions was, do they trust no, FS? Oh, um, sorry, Christian knows this better than I do. Yeah. Um, one. The first question was, how much do you That's it, want right? to yeah. spend That's right, yeah. um, this summer, and how much do you think Liverpool will spend? So you know, the headline was twirled a little bit. Um, but but there was a, there was a disparity there. There was a, there was a disconnect between. Name shame, Christian. Who put the headline on? Oh, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> silence from volume. Was it you, Christian? Nice name. <laughs> <laughs> but but there, there was a disparity because basically the, 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 there was like over ten thousand responses. So you know it's a fair enough sample size on on, on the internet. I feel because obviously it's morphing the internet. Um, and there, there was that the, the four that Liverpool needs to spend a fair bit more than what they expect Liverpool to spend. Now, that's what, that's always going to happen, isn't it? Because yeah. people people are seriously yeah. saying Liverpool needs to spend over 200 million. I mean, mm. come on, like, how's that happening? But yeah. at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you know, they, the, the, the general consensus was 100 to 150 million pounds, um, but they expect FSG to spend less than uh, 100 million. Really? Do you expect them to spend less than that? Bearing in mind that they spent 120, 125, Suarez was it? Season, yeah. yeah, a couple of seasons ago. Admittedly, that was on the back of the, the Suarez money. Yeah. But <laughs> they just got a hundred and odd million pounds from TV money alone. Yeah, and that's just from that's just from the domestic one. That doesn't count the overseas one. Yeah, I think I think you'd be looking at over a hundred million 
in excess of. You've got your factor in player sales as well. You know, you're looking at Liverpool making a fair bit back on on a few players. We've had a podcast about that ourselves, and we in terms of discussing how much that could be. I think you've got to be looking at that. You know, the trouble being that we talked about we talked about two players there, Van Dijk and Keita, who are good, good players, potentially excellent additions to Liverpool, but they're not stars. Of they're, the un, world. they're unproven at the very top they're level unproven. as well. And the, and you're looking at a hundred million yeah, dollars. Really so so. If Liverpool are serious about getting those two, then that that take that that covers your hundred million off for a start, doesn't it? On those two, so I think I think you'd be looking at a bit more than that. But like Christian says, no fan, no fan's gonna say, well, I think Liverpool will spend about two hundred million, but I want them to spend twenty. You know, no, no <laughs> fan's gonna say that. They're always it's always gonna be more, isn't it? You know, in terms of they're always gonna want them to spend twenty million more or fifty million more because why wouldn't you? As a fan, it's not your money. What I always think is quite interesting regards to people like Cater and Van Dijk is the reaction to from other clubs to the people who actually buy them whether they think it's a good deal because you know the, the amount of people that are after Van Dijk suggests that everyone thinks he's quite fairly decent but which people are after Cater and is that because they think that he's definitely going to Liverpool and it's all a done deal or that they don't think I mean, he's worth the risk in terms of spending that much money that's my that, do you know what that, no incel here that's my sneaking suspicion why it's also quiet on Cater I think that everyone it's a bit of an unspoken source of acceptance that Liverpool will end up getting them um, but it's all circumstance as well isn't it you look at Bayern Munich do they need a player like Naby Keiter in their team well they're getting rid of Sanchez aren't they yeah, right. I mean, yeah. somewhere else I'd look at to be honest um, even on a loan deal but you know is that is he someone that they really need you look at he obviously wouldn't go to the Juventus, Barca, Real. He's not really a La Liga player. You'd, you'd say he was from what I've seen of him in the in last season. He's ready made for the Premier League, and then you start to say, well, Arsenal just spent God knows how much on Xhaka to box off the midfield. Chelsea have spent on Kante. They're going to probably get that uh, Bakayoko from Monaco. United could probably do, but they've got Pogba there. You know, they've, they've spent. They're meant to be after Matic. Pogba, Matic, different type of player, isn't he? But same yeah. idea. And then the City as well, who. They don't play a sense of the game revolves around <laughs> it's circumstance as well. I mean, obviously, I'm not comparing the two, but you look at the Suarez, I don't think they had much competition for Suarez, but it was yeah. just at that time, no one else wanted a player like Louis Suarez. Well, that, that's, hopefully, that's what plot means. But he just means the work is done. I think, mm. you know, does he mean look, Navi Kate is going to go off on holiday to wherever he goes at the end of the season and, and then come first of July or late? Late June, we'll have a nice little uh, deal in place ready for when the transfer window opens. That's that's the hope, isn't it? Um, we'll be back in a week's time to apologise for when Naby Keita turns up at <laughs> Swan, Swansea <laughs> on a five-year deal. But uh, hopefully not. It's another and good point, though. They're away on holiday. Yeah, yeah of course. All the players now. The, the phones on holiday, don't work they? on holiday, yeah. do they? Yeah. No, it's, it's not that. They're not going to sit down and put pen to paper on a deal when they're away. You know. You've just said something there that we only have a write down, which is put pen to paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we never say that. Apart from Bernardo Silva, who obviously just got gone to Pontons. We talk about swoops. Yeah, no, yeah. But not not every single Gazum. player is gonna is gonna you know look at Ronald Koeman. He doesn't break his holiday for anything. <laughs> 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 and on that bombshell, I think we'll end it. Uh, thank you for listening. Join us next week for our latest podcast. Cheerio.